Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast that explores the intersection of mysticism and the modern workplace. On this show, we discuss how to bring your spiritual craft and practice into the workplace. We'll talk to people who have found ways to include ritual and spirituality into their everyday work and hear from experts on the topics of how to stay spiritually connected while managing the demands of the modern workplace. Our host, Jessica, is a certified career counselor, HR outlaw, and vocational astrologer. If you've ever wondered how to bring your spiritual practice into the workplace, this podcast is for you. Join us as we radically transform workplaces to be a little more magical. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. This episode, I'm going to share some of the information about vocational astrology that I gave in a lecture to a business mastermind group, which was filled with wonderful, amazing spirit, spiritpreneurs, <laughs> entrepreneurs, small business owners, and individuals who wanted a deeper understanding of mystical and esoteric practices and tools that can help them in their own personal and professional development, which you know I'm all about. So I built this lecture and this presentation and I thought, you know what, this is something that I wish everyone kind of knew about vocational astrology and understood before working with me or after working with me is useful as well. So I'm turning it into a podcast episode. Um, so I'm going to be introducing vocational astrology and specifically how I use it to work with clients. And I'm going to begin with the credentials or a little bit of my background. You know, I brand myself as that witch from work. And when I was preparing to do this presentation, I recognized that I can separate my credentials in this way as well. There's the that witch resume sheet, and then there's the from work resume sheet. And if you've been following along since I very first started this account, you know that I've gone through various iterations of the language title, Instagram handle, all of these things, because it's taken me such a long time to figure out how to merge these worlds. And it's still really easy to compartmentalize them into the, you know, mystical, magical side of me, as well as the very corporate professional. You could say there's the divine feminine version and then the, the divine masculine version that um, I'm still figuring out the full integration. So for the that which credentials, things that you can know about me is that I have been a professional astrologer since 2017. And I also started becoming a professional tarot reader that year as well. Although I've always had a much larger astrology practice than I have with tarot reading, but I do read tarot and oracle cards. Um, and then I've also been a mindfulness facilitator since 2017. I started learning mindfulness and how to implement mindfulness-based stress reduction programs in my master's program. And so I started doing this professionally and through volunteerism. And I would do it when I was leading staff meetings or training events and stuff like that as well. So that really started for me in 2017. In 2018, I received my Reiki Level 1 certification and I have always had a deep relationship with energy work and I've studied and learned about the chakras and that's a big part of my practice. And so I was really excited to get my level one certification. I've also been 
a network astrologer for Accessible Astrology, and I began working with Accessible Astrology in 2020, helping them conduct some of their research and facilitate some of their group programs, both for support and astrological education. And then I officially became a network astrologer in 2022, and I receive a lot of my mentoring and astrology continued education through Accessible Astrology. And then some of the other like facts, I guess, about me and getting to know my chart is I am a Capricorn sun. I was born during that glorious Capricorn stellium time in our life in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm an Aries moon and I am an Aquarius rising. And so for the work side of things, for the corporate side of the coven, Some things to know about me and my credentials is that I have been a W-2 employee since 2003. And when I typed that out, I was like, wow, I've officially been paying taxes for 20 years. That's fun. Um, And just that, you know, I was in positions where, you know, I was getting paid to babysit before or something like that. So I've been working to generate my own income for quite some time, but it was done in a more legal way uh, since 2003. I also have a bachelor's degree in psychology with a distinction in leadership, and I graduated in 2013. In 2017, I graduated with my master's of education in counseling and career development. I've been a board member on two different human resources boards since 2021. I started both of those terms in the same year. And some of the industries that I've worked in, both as um, like a regular, like full-time employee or part-time employee, but also as a human resources leader, I've worked in the tech industry, which included some manufacturing. I've worked in banking, higher education, retail, hospitality and tourism, as well as sales. And so this is really where for me, the corporate coven side of things really made sense. I've worked in corporate and I've worked in human resources and I am a certified HR leader, which I know not everyone cares about certification and that's fine. I'm not here to indoctrinate anyone into anything, but for me, it's clear that credentialing is a big value of mine. And part of that is that I want to prove my competence And I like getting credentials because they usually align me with professional networks and associations where I can maintain that idea of being a lifelong learner. Like I have my certified career counseling credential, for example, and that was awarded to me from the National Career Development Association or the NCDA. This is a credential that I need to renew every three years, which means that I have three years to take so many continuing education credits So I can verify that I maintain up-to-date understandings of industry trends and counseling best practices, as well as how to work with diverse populations and be aware of my ethical obligations as a counselor. My SHRM CP and SPHR are human resources certifications, and I have, you know, 10 years of working in human resources to back up the experience of working for these companies, again, in all kinds of industries and becoming an expert in learning and development, change management, leadership development. But I've also, I've run payroll, I've hired, I've terminated, um, I've administered employee benefits before, I've helped write 
visions and missions and goals, employee handbooks, policies, I conducted audits, uh, investigations, you name it. And I maintain these credentials again because of the continuing education aspect. I love being able to have a baseline so everyone understands the general body of knowledge that I dedicated time to learning about, but that I commit to my profession in such a way that I guarantee that I will be doing continued education to maintain these credentials and ensure that they are current, right? Because the world of work is always changing. We know that. Then the MED after my name is just that I have a master's degree. You can call me Master Mama was a hashtag that I used when I graduated from my master's program because that was also the year I became a mom and I had my first child. So I don't know where that fits credential wise. If it's that witch or from work. My kids might tell you it fits under that witch, but I am a, I'm a mom as well. And so that's a little bit of my credentialing. And so when I became a professional astrologer, I specialized in vocational astrology immediately. I had already done a lot of education, but primarily folks are coming to me for resume writing, for interview preparation or career exploration purposes. And I was incorporating astrological wisdom through those coaching and consulting consult consulted. Anyways, I was consulting with people. <laughs> this is this is very Mercury and Pisces. I was consulting with people um, and just infusing it and using astrology anyway. So specializing in vocational astrology was just immediately right out the gate. So I wanted to share because this is a group of um, individuals that I was using this lecture for were not astrologers and they had varying levels of understanding of astrology and what it could be done for someone's career. So I wanted to introduce the basic premise of vocational astrology. And I shared this quote from Brian Clark from the book that he wrote called Vocation, the Astrology of Career, Creativity, and Calling. And he wrote, the horoscope does not detail the literal career that unfolds over the life but it does offer suggestions as to which work qualities and essences can assist in making the course of one's life truer to one's calling. And I love this because I have a lot of social media videos and other um, podcast episodes where I'm talking about how I will never meet with someone and look at their natal chart and say, oh, you should be a writer. That's it just maybe, but maybe not, right? I'm a very person-centered person as I am working. And so I love that in this quote, he indicates, Brian indicates that the career unfolds over your life. And this is why, you know, in my master's degree, when we talk about career development, it's a series of decisions, conscious or unconscious that you're making that connects you to work and vocation. But it does offer suggestions to which work qualities and essences can assist in making the course of one's life truer to one's calling, right? So we feel like there's something out there that we're supposed to be doing, or we don't, but we feel obligated to engage in the world of work because we need to pay our bills. And so using the natal chart or the horoscope, we can understand a few really important things about somebody's career. Now, some of the things that we can understand is the archetypal nature of their career preferences. This is what astrology is used for, right, is to understand the archetype of the energy. And that also gives us insight into the timing as well as the aspects or relationships that exist. Is this something that is easily experienced or do you have a lot of support or do you face a lot of challenges 
and adversity as you're exploring your career. But we also invite the conversation of fate versus free will. Now, this is a big thing that I think clients before working with an astrologer have to determine what their belief system is about this. Are you fated to your life and to the decisions that you'll be making because of your natal chart? Or how much free will do you believe that you have to co-collaborate your career with universe, with spirit, with source? For me, I prefer to work with clients who believe in free will. Your natal chart, again, gives insight into where you can find alignment of authentic expression, but you always have a choice. And the first step in really, I think, being successful in your career is becoming aware and accepting the choices that you've made leading up to where you are now, but also also the choices that you will have the capacity to make going forward, right? I always like to think of it as like, you know, your career is calling. Are you answering? Are you picking up? Yeah. Also understanding that astrology is a framework. Now in my master's program using career development methods, and we use this a lot in people leadership or team performance elevation in corporate settings is the use of assessments. I have a preference for the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, and I do a lot around that. I love Holland's Rise Code, and I've done some interesting research overlaying that with a natal chart and different vocational environments. But there's also the Enneagram, there's the MBTI, there's DISC, there's all these kinds of assessments. And I want you to consider astrology as just another framework. It's really in personal development used similarly to assessment and that it's giving you language and understanding of how to view yourself through a specific lens. And I'm not going to sit here and try to debate why I think astrology is best or not. I know that some people have been like, oh, I much prefer human design. And that's great. I love human design. And I love astrology and I love tarot and I love MBTI and I love, you know, all of these things. For me, I just can't get enough of these frameworks and processes, but it's not about which one is best or better. I'm talking about vocational astrology today because that's the one that I've been trained in and it makes sense to me. I was always drawn to it, right? But I wouldn't go into an organization that is using Outlook as their uh, primary mode of email and say, you should switch over to Google and here's why. What I care most about is, oh, you use email to communicate, right? So this is where I'm at. When it comes to astrology, I have my own styles and traditions, but just consider it as a framework. It's no different than identifying a specific emailing platform that you're going to use or a um, program management software that you're going to use. That's irrelevant. The point is that this is a framework and it's a tool that is at your disposal if you feel called and if it's interesting to you. Again, I am a person-centered counselor as well as astrologer. So I believe that you are the expert in your life, but I might be the expert in the tool and the framework of astrology. And so it's really about collaborating. I've had readings before where clients are like wanting me to do a lot of guesswork and that's fun for you, not so much for the astrologer, but it's really about how do we have this conversation to give the context of your chart? Because all of us are born into this life with different privilege and different access points. And I think that that's one of those like cultural considerations that you need to have when working with individuals in a helping capacity is you can look at someone's chart and say, oh, this makes a really good lawyer. But if you're talking to an individual that comes from 
you know, extreme poverty and has no modeling of that and has never even considered it a possibility, even though they might have natural strengths and skill sets that would generally be supported in that work environment, that job title is not an access point. It's not anything that they're even like considering. And so you would really miss the mark there. So I think it's also really important to learn as well as working with an astrologer or a career professional is always going to yield more advantageous conversations because you can read these books, but you, it, you really benefit from seeing yourself in context of someone else's perspective and they get to show you things that you haven't considered before and they get to reflect back to you your attitudes that you might be unconscious of. And so something else that I put down as an important consideration is this curiosity thrilled the cat. You know, I think there's like a curiosity killed the cat, but or no, sorry. What is it? Anyways, that's not the point. I love this title. I got this from one of my leaders. Curiosity thrilled the cat because I want you to be open-minded. I want you to have an open perspective. It's going to kill me now that I can't remember that saying. Curiosity killed the cat, but excitement brought it back. I don't know. Curiosity thrilled the cat. Be open to the possibilities. And this is also really reiterated in a career development theory called planned happenstance that was developed by John Crumboltz out of Stanford University. And some of the questions that you might ask yourself as you are considering planned happenstance or the opportunity or the um, advantages of being open-minded and curious are, can things you're naturally curious about be career opportunities? Can you recover quickly from adversity? Are you open to new ideas and opportunities? Do you have a flexible attitude? How can you take advantage of events that you haven't planned for? Which sounds like Uranus transits, doesn't it? So I would recommend anyone going into a vocational astrology setting or getting ready to work with a vocational astrologer just to understand those things. We're not here to be prescriptive to your life, but we are here to describe the archetypal nature of your career to gain insights into the timing, the aspects, as well as the idea of fate and free will in your career. We're going to understand that astrology is merely a framework that is best utilized from a person-centered lens and therapeutic capacity, and that you can be open and curious about what this might do for you in your career and how it might um, give you a little bit more of a flexible attitude and help open yourself up to new ideas and opportunities. Sheesh. I'm feeling my tongue just getting like so tongue tied. Um, so I'm just feeling that just I'm naming that as we move forward in the podcast episode. Placements in vocational astrology that I like to start with. And I say I like to start with because there's a lot of different techniques that are maybe a bit more advanced or they are more dependent on the school of astrology that you're using with clients. But here's a good starting point uh, for placements in vocational astrology or in your natal chart that we're paying attention to. So I love this quote from John Holland, and that is career choice is an expression of one's personality which means that we really want to know the personality of ourselves or of the person that we're working with. And the most personal placements that someone has in their chart is the sun, moon, and rising sign, as well as ascendant ruler. And so you want to pay attention to these. In my vocational astrology intensives, I don't talk about these. I go straight into the next um, placements in this slide, but I just want to call that out, that understanding, uh, you know, 
who you are from the perspective that you see the world, the core essence of yourself that you know to be true, as well as what you need to feel nurtured in this life, um, are really, really important things to consider when you're looking at your own natal chart. But we also want to understand how you find meaning in mattering. And so we're going to look at the midheaven placement. We want to understand in vocation your income, your values, as well as how you find financial stability. And so we look at the second house. We want to know how you make a living and generate value for the world, which is your sixth house. And we want to get insight into your general career and social legacy. So we look at the 10th house placement. For the purposes of this lecture, these are what we prioritize, but there are other things such as your North Node, your Midheaven ruler, the ruler of your second, sixth, and tenth house, and what other dynamics or relationships as well as aspects are occurring in the chart. Understanding your sect light, your secondary progressed sun, um, and any transits that are, you know, being made to um, I want to say concentrated energies in your chart. Maybe they're not the ruler of anything, but if you have um, a ton of personal placements in one sign and then that gets activated, especially if it's in an angular house, that's going to have a significant impact in how you experience your career. You don't exist in a compartmentalized world. Sometimes we think that that makes it easier. If like I think about my health over here and my job over here and my family over here, but the truth is, is that they all touch, they all intermix. And so this is expressed in the nuance of interpreting aspects, chart signatures, and, and the like. You know, when I meet with most individuals and they're coming to me for a live session to look at their chart from a vocational astrology lens, a lot of them are primarily concerned with the midheaven and 10th house, which makes sense. We want to feel like we have a higher calling. We want to understand more of our legacy and how our career is viewed in a broad nature. Um, and we care a lot about the second house. Like we're all here to make money. That's like what everyone is talking about right now is that we can't keep up with inflation and job seekers are underpaid and they're charging so much for eggs right now and everything's going on. And so we care a lot about our income and how do we monetize things to the point where I think that we're um, experiencing an imbalanced relationship with the ideas of prosperity and abundance and what resources are most valuable in our life. But that's another podcast episode, isn't it? But most people come to me wanting to know those things, and that's fair. But one of the reasons why I love focusing on the sixth house is actually this quote from John Holland. He wrote in 1958 in the Journal of Applied Psychology, occupations represent a way of life, an environment rather than a set of isolated work functions or skills. It's the things that you do every single day that ultimately make up your career and provide insight into how you get paid or what, again, what uh, value you're generating for those around you based on the service that you provide. And the things that you do every day have a direct impact on your health. And so when we think about why a lot of people leave their jobs, it's because they no longer have positive relationships. Um, and you know, they don't like their boss. That's actually like the number one reason we find that it's easy to get paid more and that pay will have a deciding factor when someone is choosing what job to go to next. 
But for studying retention efforts and stuff like that, a lot of employees complain about pay, but you'll actually stay at a job longer if you like the people that you work with or you like the people that you're serving or you really believe in the mission and vision of your employer. You get to have a work-life balance. You get to have, you know, all of these things. And this is all stuff that we find in the sixth house. This is also your resume zone. And so this is where you get insight again into like your specific tasks that provide value that you get to communicate and use as leverage when you are negotiating salary. And when you're thinking about upskilling or doing like additional like professional development or something like that, then um, this is going to be harmonious with what we're doing in the sixth house. So I'm this is like why I care about the sixth house so much. This is why I developed the group coaching container, the sixth house program, um, where I'm going to be working with people to understand this specific house in their chart through a vocational lens, but also using the from work side of my resume to help curate authentic and aligned job search materials and to prepare for some of the language that you'll use when you're in job search and talking about yourself and how you want to make a living. And this is going to have a more positive impact on your relationship to work and career, but it's also going to help improve your health because the sixth house is also where we look at your physical health. And this is again, because it's influenced greatly by the things that you do every day to maintain or sustain your physical body. So I hope this was interesting. This is introductory and the actual presentation I went through and I gave a few chart examples. Um, and then I ended with this summary statement. Vocational astrology can be used to provide context and clarity to career decisions. This is not a one size fits all approach. And there are other considerations when looking at the birth chart. However, this provides a framework to begin aligning vocation with the authentic strengths and desires of the native. So if you want to work with me, head to my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. Be sure to listen to more of my Corporate Coven episodes. I've talked about different career theories that I've used, as well as industry trends that I've been spotting. Um, and I do a, a weekly Corporate Coven staff meeting, right, where I give you an astrological forecast and you can understand how to embody and work consciously with the energy of the week. So find me on socials, on IG, I'm That Witch From Work. On TikTok, you want to find the Corporate Coven. And if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, Head to my website and I have a link for it there because it's going to be very difficult to spell out. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and gained valuable insights into the world of personal and professional alchemy. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on notifications. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, and you can visit my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com to find other ways to connect and work with me. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please let me know in the comments on this episode what you're interested in. Until next time, keep working your magic and casting spells of success in your career and life.